You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. College football today. Rocking and rolling into week number 10. Huge top 25 battles front and center stage. College football rankings are out, but don't expect the same top four teams next Tuesday after today's action. Here at Fantasy Sports Radio and Television Network, we've partnered up with a great organization, DKMS. You've heard Rich and I speak about the organization over the last couple of months. It's an organization that's looking to delete blood cancer. They're looking for blood donors throughout the nation. It's it's an organization and a cause that's very close to Rich and I's hearts and families. I was diagnosed with blood lymphoma back in 2001, along with my father. Rich, it's been an organization and a cause that's very close to you and and your dad. Yeah, my dad. uh, My dad, unfortunately, succumbed to leukemia, so I know uh, very well, firsthand, what the ravages of blood cancer are. My my father-in-law, somebody I care deeply about, uh, is actually here today because of experimental bone bone marrow uh, transplants uh, that were taking place over 30 years ago. And, uh, you know, Jerry's a big fan of the show, somebody I care about. And, and it's because of bone marrow that he's able to enjoy uh, college football today and life in general. So I love what DKMS is doing, and I support it wholeheartedly. Yeah, here at Fantasy Sports Radio Network, we do have a game. It's the opportunity, a free fantasy game to win Super Bowl tickets in Minneapolis. You can go to Daily Roto dot com backslash dkms that's daily roto.com backslash dkms sign up it's free weekly winners you can go to rotoexperts.com backslash dkms sign up play fantasy sports with the opportunity to win super bowl 52 tickets in minneapolis or call 844-843-6879 that's 844-843 843-6879. Join, play, and win. Doesn't get better than this. Rich, huge battle in East Lansing between Penn State and Michigan State. This is a Michigan State team that at times looks great and yeah. other times looks very inconsistent with Mark D'Antonio and their quarterback, well, uh, Lewerke. That, that comes with youth. I mean, we saw that just in the Northwestern game alone. I mean, at times they looked like world beaters. I really like the development of Brian Lewerke. I think he has the potential to be the kind of quarterback that an offense and a program could be built around. I mean, he really stepped up his game against Northwestern, but at the same time, you know, the offense shows a pulse, they show some life, and then the defense collapses. You know, the pass defense could not stop Clayton Thorson. They ran out of gas. I think last week we saw the youth of Michigan State The inconsistency of Michigan State, I think that continues this week. I'll say it again. Penn State is one of the top five teams in the country. Just because they collapsed late in the horseshoe last week does not mean that they're overrated. I think they bounce back behind Saquon Barkley. Trace McSorley will attack that secondary that struggled last week and have a big game for the Penn State. And statistically, Michigan State did convert on third downs, but that game went into three overtimes over the last five weeks. Now they've been an inconsistent offense on third down situations. That can favor Penn State secondary in this matchup. I think Penn State wins this ballgame 17 points or more a little bit later today. When we come back, we'll be breaking down Texas and TCU and some of the other games. Keep it where it is. Joe Lisi, Ritz Sermonello, live on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.
If you're playing daily fantasy basketball on DraftKings or FanDuel this NBA season, you need to sign up for Daily Roto. Built by a team featuring millionaire maker winners and live final champions, Daily Roto's customizable projections, podcasts, strategy guides, and lineup optimizer will help you compete with the pros in a fraction of the time. Better yet, you can save 10% off using the promo code FNTSY. So go to dailyroto.com backslash premium to learn more about their product. SEC East battle, Jake Bentley and the Gamecocks between the hedges to face the number one ranked Georgia Bulldogs and Kirby Smart. Intriguing battle, Georgia's won the last two over the Gamecocks by 23 points per game, but the bullseye is on Georgia's back. Can they respond? Rich, I think they do, even though I'm a little shaky with that. A one-dimensional You're always offense tepid about your Bulldogs, with South Carolina. Let loose. Just talk about been how winning, so I'm been. tepid, and they've been winning, so I'm, I'm happy either way. So uh, so that could be sort of uh, a little bit of a concern <laughs> if, you, if you talk too much about them. There's, uh, yeah, I got you. Listen, I picked them as a top-four team. It's yeah. just now that everybody's on them, I get a little nervous. I, I think the bullseye factor really... I think it is a factor for me. It's part of the reason why I like South Carolina in this game. I, I, you know, you talk about it a lot, certain other teams where they could play fast and loose with nothing to lose. I think that applies to South Carolina today. I mean, you know, yeah, they can kind of get into the East Division race with a, with a huge upset. I don't expect to see the upset. But as a 24-point underdog, South Carolina has been playing well. They're playing well defensively. The front seven is making plays in run defense. And Will Muschamp, if he knows anything at all, he knows how to prepare for opposing offenses. And, and Georgia's been dynamic. They remind me a lot of Notre Dame. You know, assertive running game, questionable passing game. If the Gamecocks can do anything against the running game, anything to slow down Georgia, put pressure on Jake Fromm to make plays through the air. I think this could be competitive in the second half. I just think that Georgia, looking ahead possibly to the showdown with rival Auburn next week, now the number one team in the country to be laying 24 points even at home, I think it's too high of a number. I think South Carolina could keep it close, lose this game by 17 points in cover. I can see that. Here's the one thing you got to keep in mind about South Carolina. Will Muschamp, Kirby Smart were uh, teammates at the University of Georgia back in the day, both defensive backs. So if anybody wants to get a leg up in terms of bragging rights, look for both coaches to sort of want to paste both uh, opponents in this ballgame. If Will Muschamp gets up early, he's going to try and throttle his former teammate in this ballgame, especially when you look at his team, 6-2 and two overall heading into this ballgame. They are, in my opinion, still a one-dimensional offense. I mean, with Jake Mentley, this is an offense in South Carolina that's only averaging 124 rushing yards on the ground over recent weeks. The offensive line has played much better. But you look at the offense of Georgia. I mean, 284 rushing yards per game. They have two big playbacks, Sony Michelle and Nick Chubb, that can catch the football out of the backfield. Not a lot of pressure on Jake Fromm at this point in the season because the offensive line really has taken over over and dominated ball games. But again, Jake Fromm still playing well. He's completing 61% of his passes, over 1,200 passing yards, 
13 touchdowns, four interceptions. And I just think Georgia's playing with confidence now. They understand no that they are legit. And more importantly, they're breaking out red britches today for the first time in like 20 years, Rich. I just like when you say britches, to be uh, well, honest Well, with that's you. it. The silver red britches. britches and they broke out black, black britches back in the 1998 uh, Outback Bowl. Corey Allen wore them, Robert Edwards. But today, red britches. You can remember Herschel Walker rolling over Tennessee Bill yeah. Bates in that ball game. Look for the red britches to roll today. 28 points or more in Athens, Sanford hey, listen, Stadium. They have proven they can do it against quality opponents. So it would not shock me if Georgia rolls. But I think this is new territory, and Kirby has done a phenomenal job. I mean, he's modeled this program after Alabama. Terrific defense, oppressive defense, getting it done on both sides of the ball. The assertive running game combined with that defense, very difficult to beat. I mean, Georgia now, beyond being an SEC contender, they're a legitimate national championship contender and way ahead of schedule. I mean, last year, new coach, new quarterback at that time, Jacob Eason. I didn't think they'd be in contention this early. So Kirby Smart has done a remarkable job. But this is a rivalry game. It's a South Carolina team that's gaining confidence. I'd feel a little better if Debo Samuel was there. Jake Bentley's development has been slowed somewhat by not having his best receiver. You mentioned the running game. Certainly would like to see more balance. But again, the defense, Will Muschamp, that's his calling card. That defense is allowing less than four yards a carry, just 21 points per game. I think they're just good enough to grind with with Georgia, slow this game down, kind of take the the air out of the ball, and make this competitive into the second half before Georgia pulls away. I just think 24 in this game is high. That's why I like South Carolina Yeah, so I could see your point. And you mentioned ahead of schedule. I, I, I'm going to tell you, I think you give a lot of the credit or, or some of the credit to former defensive coordinator Jeremy Pruitt for coaching that team up because three years ago when Todd Grandham was the defensive coordinator there, uh, or longer, four years ago they were not an attacking style of defense. They didn't play with a physicality when Jeremy Pruitt got there under Mark Rick. Yeah, there was some tensions, but they were flying to the football. Yeah. They were creating turnovers. Then he left. Kirby Smart took over and has coached that talent up. And they're both in the same type of mold now. I mean, Nick Saban type of disciples yeah. that understand a physicality. I think a little of the credit or a portion has to be given to Jeremy Pruitt during his tenure there yeah. In Athens. Well, I think about the mindset, too. I mean, I love programs that don't only win, but they know how to really put the foot on the throat of opponents. I mean, look at the kind of wins that Georgia has had this season, absolutely abusing rivals like Tennessee and Florida. You know, Tennessee was the 41 nothing game. Florida, never competitive in that game. And so I like the mentality. Georgia is going for the jugular. They're going for big victories. They're playing with a championship mindset. So I've been very impressed. And assuming they don't stumble and Auburn can get out of College Station with a victory, that sets up just a Herculean SEC game. One of the biggest games I could remember not involving Alabama. When you have Georgia against Auburn, both thinking SEC title, possibly playoff, 
that to me is an epic game and I wonder I wonder what the mindset of these kids we talk a lot about psychology and keeping kids focused what is the mindset of Georgia and Auburn as they head into next week's showdown intriguing do you know what the SEC's oldest rivalry is it's that would be Georgia Auburn exactly right? yeah. so it doesn't get bigger than that I mean outside the national championship implications next Saturday we'll cover it but huge proportions both games today you look at Auburn yeah. are they looking ahead is Georgia peeking ahead uh, to next week's right. battle we'll see how it plays out let's turn our attention to texas and tom herman on the road in fort worth to face tcu they're underdogs in this matchup they lost this ball game 31 to 9 last year have been dominated by gary patterson over the last three years now they're 0 and 3 and have lost those games by 34.3 points per game to the horn frogs i think it continues i'm not I buying too. into the tom herman underdog mm-hmm. situation here this is a tcu defense holding opposing offenses to 77 rushing yards per game. The way you have to attack TCU over the top, I'm not so sure Ellinger could do it in this matchup. I completely agree. I I think TCU does not have enough offensive punch to keep up with TCU. Both teams play well defensively. These are probably the two best defenses. I think you would agree in the Big 12, but TCU has more scoring potency with Kenny Hill. I think Kenny Hill bounces back. You have Darius Anderson, Kyle Hicks in the backfield, Jalen Rager they're using in different ways. And I don't believe you should judge a team based on their worst moment. And TCU's worst moment was last week against Iowa State. The tough loss, no offensive touchdowns. Gary Patterson knows what's ahead. He still realizes that he can get back into the playoff discussion, certainly can get into the Big 12 championship game, but to do that, they have to rebound, and Gary Patterson, off of losses, has been one of the best coaches in the country. I think they rebound as well. Texas will have a very difficult time completing passes against against Ranthony Texada, uh, Nick Orr, the rest of that secondary of TCU. So Texas struggles offensively. TCU gets it done. I could see this, Joe, being like a 27-10. to 10. To your point, they have dominated the last three games. I think it's four straight double-digit victories for the Horned Frogs. I agree. And when you look at Texas's defense overall, they're solid in run support with Malik Jefferson, their star linebacker. The way you have to beat Texas is over the top of their secondary. They're allowing 264 passing yards to opposing offenses. Kenny Hill, a rare inconsistent game last week on the road in Ames, but we know Iowa State's gutty defense. I think it changes today. I think he gets healthy. He makes some plays outside with his legs, and I think they won't win this ball game. High scoring, though. I think Texas will get some points. But I could see Texas in the area of seventeen. But I think it's it's in the area of forty two seventeen. TCU dominates this matchup. Yeah, and again, it's important to remember where TCU was just two weeks ago. I I don't want to judge this team just based on Iowa State. Iowa State is beating everyone. They're beating Oklahoma. I think TCU is a better team than we saw last week, and and they'll have to be. They'll have to get off the mat quickly in order to have a shot to win a Big 12 championship. A lot is going to hinge on Kenny Hill. Kenny Hill's got to protect the ball. Texas is creating a lot of turnovers with their coordinator, Todd Orlando. So Kenny Hill versus Sam Ellinger, that's going to be an interesting matchup. It is, and 
and when you look at Texas with all the hoopla of Tom Herman, they're still only a 500 team yeah. at four and four overall. They drop this ball game, they'll be four and five on the season, and their chances to become bowl eligible will take a huge hit in this matchup. They need those practices in December under Tom Herman. They're going to need a bowl game this year. Yeah, we'll see. It is a three thirty start. So when we come back, we'll be talking to former West Virginia running back Avon Colbert, and this is Joe Lisi, Rich Sermonella live on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Studio 34. The award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network is your free fantasy source 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. You can catch this show and many others live on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app, iHeartRadio, or TuneIn Radio. Want to listen on your computer at work? Go to FNTSY.com slash radio or check us out on YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page where you can ask questions, discuss topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your questions on the air. The number is 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 days a year fantasy sports network of its kind without a subscription. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your fantasy source. Huge matchup taking place 3-30, Iowa State and West Virginia. You want to talk Mountaineer football, you'll get a former standout live on the Fantasy Sports Celebrity Guest Line. He joins us right now, former West Virginia running back Avon Colburn. Avon, how are you today? I'm doing great, man. How are you? Uh, doing well. Huge matchup for Will Greer and the crew, but an inconsistent rushing attack led by Justin Crawford. What, what do you see out of this offense as they head into this ball game against Iowa State later today? Um, you know what? I, I see. I see the uh, like you said, the inconsistency in the run game. Um, I feel like they should stop. You know, changing the backs out as much. Um, they should stop. You know, switching them out as much and just let one of them get in the groove. Um, I, I'm expecting Will Gritter to, 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 to pop back and have, have a great game, and uh, the Mountaineers should come out with a victory. Talk about the development of Will Greer. I, I've been impressed. I think he's got an NFL arm, Avon, and I, I think he's had a chance to display that this year. Uh, talk a little bit about his development in his first season in Morgantown. I mean, I, I Will, he has, he has definitely impressed me. Um, he had an off game yes, yesterday, and, you know, most people, most, pe- most, most teams, how the quarterback goes, the whole team goes. And, you know, he had an off game last week, and it really hurt the Mountaineers, but as far as his maturation as, as a quarterback, I mean, obviously this is what is it maybe the 13th game in three years or something like that that he's played in. Um, so that that kind of rust kind of hurt him a little bit. But, but I think again, I I think he I think he has a he's quarterback. I mean, he's NFL pedigree um, as far as you know what it takes to to win and, and what it takes to become um, you know NFL player. Uh, I, I really I really really think man we're, we're gonna have a, a good game today. Avon, when you look at the wide receiver core, not an elite wide receiver core, especially when you look at some of the departures from last year, is that more of a testament to what Dana Holgerson has done uh, with this uh, coaching staff in terms of coaching the talent up, or is it more from a scheme perspective for West Virginia's offense? You know what? I think it's a little bit of both. I think it's a little bit of both because, um, you know, Dana has done a great job with – 
with uh, you know with the talent that he has got in. But I mean, you gotta you gotta look at you know who's throwing the football. You know what I mean? When you got a great quarterback that that can facilitate and run the offense like he does, uh, you got a good chance to win. So I mean, the receivers are um, you know there is no big standout, but at the same time, you know when you got a great quarterback, you know he he can make things happen. Avon, one player that jumped off the film for me, I know it was a tough uh, day for the defense against Oklahoma State, 50-39 to loss, but David Long is healthy, the linebacker, and boy, he showed it last week with seven tackles for loss. Tell me what you know about David Long and uh, what your expectations are for him over the second half of the season. Well, to be honest with you, I'm not, a, I'm not a really a defensive guy that follows defense, but you know, David has been phenomenal you know, since he's been back. You know, I think what he had like 15 tackles. He started last. Yeah, I think it was 18 tackles, seven. Yeah, 18 tackles, seven Man. behind the line. Yep. That that is phenomenal. That that right there, that is that is world class. I mean, 18 tackles that has to be a record. Yeah, um, the, the seven TFLs. I mean, yeah, for sure. I mean, the, 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 what he did last week was that just was that that was an awesome performance. And like you said, not a very good of offense. Uh, the offense could have could have played. You know, half as good as he did, we would have we would we would have won that game by, you know, a massive amount. But you know, he he has stepped up, and you could tell you could tell that the team missed him early early in the year. But since he's um since he's been back, I mean, he's been on the tear. He's been he's been super productive, and um, and, you know, I think the team has has really rallied around him. You know, especially from last week, they they you know I think we found out who our true leader was, you know, on that defense. Avon, when when you look at Morgantown as a whole, not known as one of the most difficult places to play, but when teams go out of there and they come out with a, a loss, I mean, they understand the atmosphere of Morgantown and West Virginia. It gives fans a perspective of what it means to play in front of the hometown crowd and what Iowa State can expect later today. Oh, that's that's a great question. So the play the play in Morgantown, they can expect. You know, I mean, Iowa State can expect. You know, to be to be, you know, yelled at the entire game. To to have, I mean, I think we have the best heckling heckling fan in the nation. Um, they they are going to get after those guys the entire game, and I, I, I'm expecting because of you know what it was last week that we will um, we will have a, a group of a group of fans that are that are fired up and animated at, at their best because I mean it's a, it's a you know, top twenty team coming into town, and they're playing. They're playing great, which always brings the best out of us. And you know, just playing, playing, playing at home. You know, you, you feel. You know, I, I call it a battery pack. You get extra battery pack in your back because you know you got you know you got your family there with you that's going to fight for you and it's going to be there. You know, through throughout. So I'm looking forward to a great game. Avon, I'm a Big East guy. I'm a Big East graduate. I, I I still think of West Virginia in the in the Big East sort of a mold. Uh, West Virginia fans have they adopted the Big Twelve? I know it's been a number of years, but uh, have they sort of rallied around the concept of the Big Twelve, or is it something that's still kind of foreign to the fan base? You know what? That's a, I don't know. You know what I mean? I, for me, for me, I, I'm I have no choice but to adapt to what it is that they're that they're doing. Um, and, and, and you, it's good. You, it's great you said that because Iowa State is a throwback Big East team. I think you know they're coming in and bringing that same mentality where um, it, it's a, it's a 
it's a uh, you know they're gonna hit you in the mouth. You know they're gonna play. They're gonna run the football and, and play play good defense. Um, but everybody else, I, I'm with you. I, I just I don't I don't know. I don't know if we we've adopted it because again the demo, the, the the geography is just it's off. You know most mostly it's all northeast northeast southeast. Now we're always you know in in the Midwest to, to Texas, which is crazy. So you know I don't necessarily know if we've adopted it, but I mean we don't have a choice, so we might as well get on board and and start loving on. When you look at some of the great backs in West Virginia history, yourself, there's Amos Zeroway, you could look at Steve Slayton, and you could even throw in Gary Walker back in the day, Robert Walker back in the day. Mm-hmm. Where do you see Justin Crawford fitting in? Do you feel like he can be an elite back on the next level? On the next level, I think he can because he has a lot of um, he has a lot of a lot of attributes that 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 can translate well in the next level. I mean, his size, for one, you can't, you know, you can't teach that. I mean, he doesn't have great, great speed, but he has good enough speed. He reminds me of, a like, a Emmitt Smith style of a player. You know what I mean? He's not real. He doesn't have the, the speed of, of, he doesn't have the speed of Amos or, or the or the quickness of, of um, speed. And he's not as durable as I am. But at the same time, the, the way that he plays is... The way that he plays is more of an Emmitt Smith. He's not real flashy, um, but, you know, he, he's, he, he's one of those guys that I think in the next level can be consistent if he can stay healthy. Hey, so, when you look back at the totality of, of your life, uh, where did West Virginia fit into the development, not just as a, as a student athlete, but as a young man? What did West Virginia mean to Avon Coburn in the totality of your life? You know what, man? It, it was one of those it – it was a place for me that – that a lot, because I mean, all throughout my life, I, I've been, I've changed, you know, as far as the environment that I lived in, and I think me going to West Virginia um, just allowed allowed me to see a different side of of the population that you know you wouldn't ordinarily get there, get, you wouldn't ordinarily see, you know, especially living in Camden, New Jersey. But so when I got when I got opportunity to to go to West Virginia and to um, and, and just to experience, you know, the atmosphere. You know the 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 growth of the people there. I mean, it it allowed me truly truly to be free as far as as far as as man. Like allowing me to, to to figure out where it is, where, where my fit was, um, how I uh, how how I how I fit in with the world because we had. I mean, it's such a diverse place. You know, Morgantown is obviously. Um, you get you know you get people from everywhere to come there, and you you know you get to see a lot of things. And it, and it allows you to open your eyes and, and and to see that you know where you're from is not necessarily the only place that you can um you know you can you can kind of relate to. Avon, great insight and information. We'd love to get you on a little bit later in the bowl season, talking some West Virginia football with us. We hope you enjoyed it today. I did, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, please call me back, man. Please call me back. And I do apologize from a couple weeks ago when you called me. All um, good. Awesome, man. That's for, that's former West Virginia running back. Yeah. He's a standout, let me tell you. He can pound it yeah. between the tackles. Not the biggest guy, but in the mold of a name of zero way that can really move the chains. And you heard about what he said about playing in Morgantown. Yeah. What Iowa State can expect later today, and that's why... 
I love Will Greer in the Mountaineers later today. Well, I'll tell you what, what, what Avon brought up, which really I, I love when we get a chance to do interviews on the show because we always learn something new. I love the comparison of Iowa State to almost an old Big, sure. you know, a big East kind of football team. You know, Iowa State, blue collar, not flashy, not sexy. It reminded him of old Big East football, sure. which you and I know so well, and which, which would make me think this is almost like this would be like a backyard brawl. Right, right. right? Like, this, this would be Virginia like, hey, Tech and, right, yeah. or, or that type of game. Yep. You're absolutely right. The one question I wanted to ask him is, and we didn't get a chance to, uh, to ask it, was does he feel Dana Holgerson can take this team to the next yeah. level? I mean, ten and three last year. Yeah. That's what I want to know because let's look at the the history. Don Nealon, Rich Rodriguez, they were close, but never took it to the next level. And when he got there with such fanfare, he sort of flatlining a little bit. See, no? Rich Rod and Don Nealon never had to coach in a conference like the Big 12. I, right. I think it was always a bit easier in the Big sure. East. This is a much tougher challenge. I think they have the right guy for the job. I'm not sure they would do better by moving in a different direction. I was never a big fan of the move from, from their conference to yeah. uh, the Big 12. Uh, too much travel on the kids, but when we come back, we'll be joined by Game Time Decisions host Gay Morency with his best picks for the day. Keep it where it is. Joe Lisi, Rich Sermonello, live on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Playing daily fantasy basketball this year? Consider Daily Roto your go-to resource. Whether you play on DraftKings or FanDuel, Daily Roto's customizable projections, podcasts, strategy guides, and lineup optimizer will help you compete with the pros in a fraction of the time. With a team featuring millionaire maker winners and live final champions, there's no better place to get your NBA DFS content. Better yet, you can save 10% using the promo code FNTSY. So go to dailyrotor.com slash premium and learn more about our awesome products. Battles taking place at 3.30 and 8 o'clock later today. What better way to talk about those than with Game Time Decisions host Gabe Morenci. He joins us via Skype. Gabe, I know you're locked and loaded. You can't wait for the 12s, but the 3.30 and 8 o'clock games really are intriguing battles. This is my busiest card uh, of the year by far, guys. I just can't stop clicking. I literally like like 15, 20 football games today. Uh, I really do, and and the majority of them are underdogs. Let's start off at 3.30, and you're right, uh, Joe. There actually are some uh, massive and huge football games on the board today, including South Carolina and uh, Georgia. Give me the the Gamecocks. Give me the Gamecocks. Everybody's bought in uh, right now to Georgia, and you know, I think it's a kiss of death that they were uh, they were ranked number one ahead of Alabama. I think that means bad news. I know you're calling an upset in uh, uh, in Tuscaloosa tonight. Uh, we'll get to that in a second, uh, but I'm not calling an outright uh, win here. But I think the Gamecocks' uh, defense is going to slow Georgia down enough to uh, to hang within this uh, number. Pressure is going to start to mount on Georgia, and uh, as I stated, you know, they, everyone's telling them how good they are uh, right, right now. Last week. It was a big rivalry uh, against uh, Florida in the cocktail uh, party. They they destroyed them. They took care of business. I think this is somewhat of a uh, not a not a letdown. It's hard. You, you can't have a letdown when you're eight and zero. Uh, but uh, you know the, the the collar starts to tighten, man. You know you start to sweat. Starts to get hot in here. And I think South Carolina is going to give them all that they can handle in this football game. I'm surprised that Iowa State's underdogs as well. You know, I'm always always hear about West Virginia how tough it is to play up there, and I just see them lose all the time. 
uh, up there. West Virginia make mistakes. Iowa State don't make mistakes. Iowa State plays simple football. You notice in the NFL this year, too, teams that are playing simple football are being successful. Play simple football. You know, don't turn the football over. Run the ball effectively. Uh, penalties, uh, I believe Iowa State, least penalized team uh, in the conference. They're a disciplined football team. I love Matt Campbell. We talk about this, guys. You know, Tom Herman, they want to make stacks of them in Las Vegas because he's 6-0 and against the spread as an underdog as a head coach and 14-0, and including when he's been a coordinator as well. But we've talked about that in the past. Uh, but Matt Campbell's been every bit as good as an underdog. This guy's money. Iowa State have been money, and we're getting points uh, right now with the Cyclones. Give me Iowa State uh, in that football game. Give me Stanford, Washington State. Washington State were a favorite earlier in the week, and I agree with the line movement. Love's going to be in, and uh, Leach is a genius, but it was a pretty stupid thing of him to say earlier in the week that David Shaw is all right, but, you know, it's really Harbaugh's program. I think that's an insult, a big-time insult. This isn't Harbaugh's program anymore. Harbaugh hasn't been there in a long time, all right? This is David Shaw's program, and, uh, you know, this is a revenge spot as well. I think it was, you know, Mike Leach, the media loves everything that he does and his little quirks and stuff. He's been screwing around with Luke Falk a lot this year on the field, and um, and now he mouths off. If one of his kids said something stupid like this, he'd be really upset, but he gets a free pass for it. I think Stanford are going to go in there and punch him in the freaking mouth. I'm taking uh, Oklahoma State in this game. Uh, Oklahoma just gave up too many big plays. You know, I picked Oklahoma State to go to the playoffs before the year started. If you guys remember, and I remember that first night when they played Tulsa. So here we are right now. They only have one loss, and I think they legitimately do have a chance of making the playoffs. So still, they need to win this football game, and I think they do in a very high-scoring game. Yeah, I agree. I just wanted to quickly go back to the first segment. Love the fact that you're on UMass. Uh, that that sort of highlights, Gabe, why we enjoy having you on so much. I mean, that is just sitting there to be six taken. 6-0 against the spread. My, yeah, only concern, the spread. my only concern is that Andrew Ford, their quarterback, is not yes. healthy. That's my only concern right now, but I love this game because UMass has also been playing very well, played very well the last two weeks. Listen, uh, our audience wants to know, even if it's not a best bet, what your thoughts are on the big SEC game, Alabama, LSU. Is that, can, I, can LSU hang with Alabama more than a couple of quarters? No. <laughs> no. And, I, you know, I am, I'm going to be betting on this game. And I love Joe. And, uh, you know, Joe's one of the best in the business um, when, when it comes to breaking these games down. But I have to disagree on this one. I think Nick Saban loved it when he saw the uh, the rankings come out earlier in the week. He freaking loved it. And I think Kirby Smart, as we talked about a couple of minutes ago, I think sort of cringed. And in fact, everyone's using the term rat poison. How about uh, Lane Kiffin last night, too, guys? Yeah. <laughs> right. It's one thing to take the safety. I get it. It's another thing to tweet about it after. <laughs> and they kept, kept you watching. Rat poison. <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot, a lot of these coaches. Uh, you know, I've never seen a coach tweet about a point spread after a game, but but nevertheless. So I think that uh, I think that Georgia, you know, might be a little bit too fat and happy uh, right now. And I think Alabama, Saban, could really get to his kids and go, look, they don't even think we're better than Georgia. We're not even the best team in the country. I think it's a bad spot for LSU. I don't think LSU is going to be able to move the ball. You know, are they going to kill them? No. I think we're looking at one of these, you know, 27-3 type of games. It's going to be a boring game. They usually are boring games. 
uh, between LSU and Alabama. There's a lot of hype around this rivalry all the time, but it's not really entertaining football for the most part. LSU are just too inept offensively for me uh, to hang in this game. Saban loves running up the score against these rivals and beating the crap out of teams, especially now he's extra motivated that they're not even number one. I think it's a bad spot for LSU. I'll lay the points with Alabama here. Hey, Gabe, I love when we disagree because that's what makes the show so great is that we all have different opinions and whoever's right, we'll find out a little bit later. But I do want to get your opinion on a late night special. It possibly could be a bailout for a lot of people later today. I love BYU on the road against Fresno State. I'm not not buying into the Bulldogs, Gabe. I'm not. I know he's done a great job, Jeff Tedford. Back-to-back games against UNLV and San Diego State. They've been worn down. This is a BYU offense that got going against San Jose State. I think they push the Bulldogs to the limit and possibly strike the upset at 1045 Eastern Time. How do you see it playing out? I was hoping when you were talking about an upset bailout special tonight, I was thinking maybe you were going to bring up the Arizona game because I think technically that's the latest kickoff tonight. I was hoping you were going to bring up SMU uh, (laughs) as an upset special tonight. Uh, because I, I swear, Joe, I think this is, besides Alabama, I think this is the only favorite I like tonight in Fresno State. <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God. And I simplified it basically with this. BYU have covered the spread once this year. They're 1-8 and eight against the spread. I got a team that's 6-1-1 one and one against the spread and a team that's 1-8 and eight against the spread. San Jose State would lose to Bishop Gorman right now or Don Bosco, okay? <laughs> uh, yeah, I think, like, honestly. I think San Jose State are that bad of a college football team uh, right now. I think Fresno get back on track uh, here. There could be some points put up on the board uh, in this football game. 48 might be a little bit too low uh, for the total. Listen, is it a best bet? No. We're talking about Fresno State laying double digits. Uh, but with that being stated, it's funny you bring this one, one up because I was talking about this game last night on my podcast. And I said, you know, what? Well, the only favorite that really catches my eye are Fresno State. But all kidding aside, how about uh, SMU tonight, guys? All this talk about Scott Frost. Uh, now, where's he going to go? We're in the Florida top. Uh, Nebraska's, uh, you know, obviously a perfect fit uh, for Nebraska uh, right now. Not to mention the birth of the child, his child. Now he's traveled. There was a lot of, you know, a lot of people were wondering, was he going to be coaching his football game uh, tonight? Um, from what I understand, he's traveled with the team uh, right now. So I guess I don't know. Is he going to leave? If it's, I don't know how it's going to work, but. Nevertheless, uh, it's a lot of points to be laying against a team like SMU that can put the ball in the end zone. I like underdogs with teams that can really just move up and down the field and trade points. And I think SMU can trade points here. I think 14 points is too high. I do believe it's a little bit of a distraction right now. Don't tell me that Scott Frost isn't thinking about what he's going to do next. And, you know, not to mention his wife's about to have a baby. Uh, You know, we want to talk about distractions. And, oh, yeah, you know what? Uh, their bubble's been burst as well. Lane 14 in this spot, pretty dangerous. I think we got a live dog with the Mustangs tonight. Gabe, great insight and information. We wish you the best a little bit later. We'll be tweeting about it at about uh, 12.01. Can't wait. Hey, good stuff. Always a pleasure, guys. May the winners be yours.
I love that. May the winners be yours. Yeah, we're not good. on the same games tonight. You know, you know that. No, that, no. no, we were we were all on. Were we all on NC State last week? You uh, kiboshed it because you said yeah. you didn't believe in that. I Do you believe in know. that now? Uh, Gabe would have to tweet out whether or not he was on uh, NC State as well. He's smirking. <laughs> I could see him smirking, but yeah, I don't know. But uh, you know, he bring. Yeah, he's got the thumbs down. That's a no. I I thought he was on Notre Dame, so he bested us on that one. But uh, yeah, interesting with BYU and Fresno State. Jeff Tedford's done a. a remarkably good job didn't expect that this season yeah stumbled last week you know speaking of bishop gorman a former bishop gorman coach tony sanchez right beats uh, fresno state so you know the great thing about college football is it's all day long right until the wee hours i mean we're watching games until here on the east coast of like two two three a.m i pull it all night or i wake up at 4 30 i go to bed at three o'clock at eastern time a.m i'm up 23 hours straight we get the bonus of an added hour with the clocks turned back so we can catch up on so i'll be like a zombie on Sunday morning. That's, That's right. why I, I wake up at like one o'clock and uh, games just start kicking off for the NFL. But uh, when I, when you talk about Jeff Tedford overall, back-to-back games against UNLV and San Diego State, they are allowed against San Diego State 175 yards on the ground. Last week against UNLV, it was 163. And I saw Tanner Mangum break out last week. 283 passing yards. Yes, it was against San Jose State, but the strength of San Jose State's defense is the, the secondary, secondary. No and doubt. that's no doubt. That's what I think can carry through. Now is BYU this elite team? No, but you know, you talk about bottoming out from a Wall Street perspective. They got a little uptick last week. I think they're playing with house money, and the pressure of Fresno State to become bowl eligible is what I'm looking at a little bit later. You know what they're playing with too, which is so key for young athletes, is confidence. And BYU had no confidence throughout the first half of the season. Now they know they can win a game. Mangum is a difference maker. You know with Bo Hodge under center. They had no offensive production. So, yeah, I mean, BYU might be able to at least gain some momentum at the end of the regular season. Plus, they're older. Two and three years older, and at the physicality perspective, the third straight game, that's what I look at. I I think it'll be high scoring. It's going into the fourth quarter. I like BYU a little bit later. When we come back, we'll lock up our best bets of the day. Keep it where it is. Joe Lisi, Rich Sermonella, live on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network, Studio 34. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there, where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. Best pick time. Let's jump right into it. We were 6-6 six six combined last week overall. I'm 29-25. 
Rich is 34-19-1 But I'm overall. fading, though. I'm losing my lead. That's because you said about the NC State I, last week. I, you I, thought you I was crazy. We got killed uh, in that ball game, and we're not talking about so it the rest of the year. Let's jump right into yeah, it. Right. Upset special, the big game in the SEC West. I love LSU to get the victory 24-21 to over top-ranked Alabama. They've only allowed LSU one passing touchdown over the last four games. I like Danny Etling. They'll be aggressive. They come out and get the victory in Tuscaloosa. Not a best bet. I think it's too many points. I I would take that 21, but honestly, if Alabama wins 35-3, to I wouldn't be shocked. So it's not a best bet for me. TCU and Texas. TCU's won three straight by 34 points per game. I like TCU to get the victory. Not a best selection of mine, but you love the Horned Frogs later today. I do. I, I think you'll see the Horned Frog team that we watched in September. Just not enough offense for Texas against that TCU defense. I do think it'll be a low-scoring game, though, Joe. When the Iowa State ship sailed from port, I was on it. I'm jumping off now. I'm going with Will Greer in West Virginia. They've won three straight over Iowa State by 22 points. Three points per game. Iowa State struggled on the road in terms of pass defense, allowing 274 passing yards per game. 13-point victory by Will Greer and the crew. Yeah, listen, Iowa State for me is a best bet, and I think Gabe summed it up well. Just keep it simple. I I think there's a simplicity to this team. Defense, run the ball, limit your mistakes. That's what they do. West Virginia is too inconsistent for me. I learned that last week when I took them against Oklahoma State. I like Iowa State to continue the run. You remind me of a politician. You're flip-flopping because we were on <laughs> NC State last week. We lost. I just readjust. I, love, I, readjust. I love Wake Forest today to keep this game very close. Notre Dame does have Miami on deck in week number 11. Wake Forest has a hot quarterback in John Wolford. He threw for 461 total yards last week against Louisville. I think they push Notre Dame to the limit, lose a close ball game 34-30 over the Irish. Joe, Wake has a hot quarterback quarterback in Wolford, but it does not have that quarterback's favorite target. Not having Greg Dortch, I think, is a big loss for the Wake Forest offense. And when Notre Dame starts to roll downhill with that running game, Josh Adams, Brandon Winbush, I think it's lights out for Wake Forest. I think Notre Dame cruises. This team can now smell a playoff run. Mark Rick and the crew have won three of the last five over Virginia Tech by 17.3 points per game. They get it done in Miami. Ten-point win over the Hokies later tonight. Yeah, this to me was close to a best bet. I, I like the Hokies. The defense of Virginia Tech under Bud Foster will suffocate Malik Rozier and an offense of Miami that's struggling right now. I like the Hokies outright. Oregon on the road to face Washington. I like the Huskies. You like the Ducks in this matchup. This is a best bet for me. Listen, I loved it out of the gate. It was 26. I think I loved it too much because that line has been descending ever since. I just think the Oregon defense led by Jim Levitt is playing well. Washington's offense, again, I compare it to Clemson. A lot of the names that we're familiar with, a lot of talented players, but they're not executing up to last year's level. I think Oregon keeps this game close. We'll see how that game plays out. I love Michigan later today. They're playing Minnesota. Minnesota's offense over the last couple of games, 14 of 44 completions. That's 31%, 186 yards, one touchdown, three interceptions, back-to-back row games for the Golden Gophers. You look at Michigan, they've rushed for 334 last week, dominating 28-point win later tonight. 
Yeah, I don't think there's enough offense for Michigan right now. I mean, Minnesota actually competes on defense. I think this will be a closer than 15-point game. Not a best bet for me, but I'll take the points in the Gophers. I like Penn State, not a best selection, but you think they dominate. I do. I, I think we'll see the team that played so well in the first half against Ohio State. Rush defense for Northwestern over the last six games, 94.8 rushing yards per game. Nebraska one-dimensional. I like Northwestern. You like South Carolina. Uh, I agree. I think South Carolina keeps it close. Georgia now. Now as a number one team, a lot at stake. Keep it where it is each and every Saturday. For Rich Sermonello, this is Joe Lisi. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the games, everyone.